Hello and welcome back to this episode of the Peak Results Academy podcast. I'm your host, Rich Fournier. And in this episode, I sit down with a mega producer, Greg Harrelson. Now, Greg is a producing individual real estate agent and the owner of Century 21, the Harrelson Group, serving Myrtle Beach, Charleston, and Columbia, South Carolina. Now, not only does Greg produce outstanding individual sales numbers of over 150 plus transactions a year, he's coached multiple agents who are new to the business in his office to achieve sales numbers in excess of 100 to 200 transactions per year. Now, with the office nearing 4,000 transactions as a collective, wow, huge numbers. Greg is also the host of a real estate podcast called Level Up Podcast, where he interviews top agents and entrepreneurs across the United States. Now, Craig is the definition of a peak producer. So grab a pen and paper so that you can take all the notes that are humanly possible. You're going to love this podcast, so stay tuned. Have you ever wondered why some people thrive in all areas of their life? Welcome to the Peak Results Academy podcast with your host, Rich Fournier. Each week, we interview industry experts who consistently dominate in the fields of health, business, and beyond. Our mission is to share their personal struggles and strategies so that you can create your own peak results. Welcome. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to this episode of the Peak Results Academy podcast. I'm your host, Rich Fournier. In today's episode, very excited to have Greg Harrelson from Century 21 Myrtle Beach with us today. Yeah, man. Excited to be here. Super pumped. Listen, you got a really interesting business model occurring down in Myrtle Beach. And I'm going to go through some of the numbers real quickly for those people who are just starting listening to our podcast. Um, of course, this podcast is about what creates a peak result in someone's business life. And today we're talking about what's creating a peak result in the real estate game for you. I mean, my God, you did 3,800 team brokerage transactions last year. It's an insane number. Um, you did about 150 transactions individually yourself. You have a hybrid team slash brokerage model. There is so much to unpack in this podcast. So yeah, start off by saying thank you so much for spending some time with us. We know you're a very busy guy. Yeah. Hey man, I'm here and uh, I believe in transparency. So let's, uh, you know, let's unpack what we need to unpack to give your audience the, the, the most bang for the buck, man. Well, we do appreciate it. I mean, my God. So, right, so let's look at your, what you are today. So okay. you told me prior to recording this that you're doing about 150 individual transactions yourself. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, in about an hour a day. Yes. Right. So you have to understand, I'm, I, hopefully you get my- <laughs> I'm getting it, okay. My so, stock here, right? Because that's an extraordinary yeah. number. And I'm gonna give some of my listeners in the US some context. Um, so we're here in the Toronto market. Um, out of say 58,000 agents, just on the Toronto Real Estate Board, um, 25% do zero deals a year. Maybe another 25% do maybe under six deals a year. Um, teams are doing 150 individual transactions a year. You're doing it on your own, plus running a brokerage, plus a team hybrid brokerage model. Like you're, you're throwing me under the bus here. I don't know what to do. Yeah. So, so let's just talk about the individual transactions. Okay. Um, so I've been doing this for about 20 something years. I'm a former former coach for Mike Ferry. So, you know, I have been very, fairly trained in the, in the sales systems, at least from a Mike Ferry perspective. Um, that being said, um, 
I, I was a prospector my entire career. Now I haven't made an outbound phone call for probably four, maybe even, maybe probably four years, let's say four years. So people would be like, well, where's all this business coming from? It's coming from my database. I have a database of around 60,000 documented property owners that I have been dripping on for years. And a lot of those people, I built that database based on old time cold calling strategies, whether it be FISBOs, expires, or just listed, just sold, circle prospecting, et cetera. But one of the things that I did correct, now it's easy to look back and say, this is what I did right. But when I was doing it, I was just doing it. And I don't know that I, I, I was, I, I didn't have this target as I'm going to do this and this is going to take me here. I'm looking back and say, well, one thing I did right is about 10 years ago, I went to a Tony Robbins and maybe even more than 10 years ago, a Tony Robbins business mastery course. And when Chet Holmes was alive and he was teaching it and yep. Chet Holmes was talking about the ultimate sales machine, which is a book that he has. And in that book, he talks about monetizing databases and how to communicate and deliver value. And so I took that on and I started building databases years and years ago. And through that process, nurturing them, delivering value, I do 150 plus transactions a year and they're pretty much come list me calls. That's not one buyer transaction, by the way. That's all listing uh, transactions. And a lot of the listings, one of the things that I did, my financial advisor told me one day, hey, you don't make money by looking through a windshield. And then I tried to like interpret, okay, what does this mean? What does this mean? And that is, so I really started going after absentee owners because then I can do presentations over the phone and I don't have to drive all the time. So I've got a tremendous database full of absentee owners that I've been nurturing for years. So they, you know, they'll e email me or call me and say, hey, thinking about selling, can you tell me what I can get? That's, that's a very common conversation that I'll, I'll get, uh, you know, maybe twice a week, if not multiple times a week. So how much of a percentage of those absentee owners would your portfolio or, or in a given year uh, entail? For me personally, yeah. for me personally, it'd probably be 80%. Okay. Okay. And can you use that same strategy? So someone was in a regular resale market because you're in a vacation market, right? Well, half of the, the, the Myrtle Beach market. So first of all, I'm in three markets, Myrtle Beach, Charleston, South Carolina, and Columbia, South Carolina. Right. Okay. So Myrtle Beach is about a 50-50 resort versus primary market. The other markets are majority primary uh, and, and a little bit of other. Wow. Okay. I chose to. So as I was wanting to become more of an entrepreneur instead of a, just a solo agent, one thing that I did, uh, one, one thing that I did focus on is I made sure that I, I, I set up my business and went in a direction where I could scale and, um, and not have to, you can't scale by driving every single day, right? And do scale the way that I'm wanting to do it. So I did know I was going in this direction. And so I made sure that I built databases that would allow me to do a lot of business, but have to invest a significant less amount of time doing it. Sounds like a dream business model, to be honest with you. Um, I, it's a game. I mean, it's just like the, my real estate career seems like a, no different than my tennis uh, hobby. It's just I go out to the court, I grind it out, I hustle, I sweat. Sometimes I'm mad, sometimes I'm happy, sometimes I win, sometimes I lose. But at the end of the day, I can't wait to get back out there tomorrow. So have you always had this amazing competitive uh, driving force within you to compete at this level? I would think, yeah, I, I, I would think I was always uh, had some sort of, yeah, I was always, I'm always very competitive. Like 
me and my friends would never finish a Monopoly game. And it'd end up in an argument. No one's ever going to win because at the end of the day, somebody's not going to trade. A hundred percent. Yeah. <laughs> I just did that with my kids. <laughs> Hilarious. I'm not trading. <laughs> so let me ask you a question. So you got these thousands and like tens of thousands of agents that start every single year in a real estate game. One and a half million uh, in the U.S., maybe 150,000 in Canada. Out of those agents, 90% will um, walk away from the business within five years. Yeah. Um, why don't they execute? Well, like, what is it? What's the holy grail? There's something missing. I'm really trying to get my head, head around why don't these people stay or execute on the vision? I think it's poor leadership. I don't think that they're surrounding themselves. And, and, and they don't know what they don't know. But I think the problem with a lot of the high failure rates in the industry is this poor leadership. You know, because um, in other words, these agents that are coming in the business that are failing, they probably coming in with good intentions and they're, you know, and they're coming in, but then they're like, well, what do I do? What do I do? And then, and, and that, what do I do fuse is very short for agents coming in the business because they need to make some money, but there's no one really there holding their hands and saying, this is what you do. Daily. This is how you do it. And I'm going to hold you accountable to it. And, and so those, I think that you see agents that are surrounded by successful people that seem to have mentors or coaches, they get it, they're held accountable, and they tend to be the ones that are more successful. But I, I say the biggest reason, the biggest blame needs to go on, on leadership. We shouldn't be blaming the agents as to their high failure rate. I think it's the leader's fault. Yeah. It's a lot of leadership. Yeah, and this is very confusing when you get in the game, right? Whether it's lead gen online, a little bit different here in Canada versus the U.S. Yeah, um, because you guys really focus on you know Zillow, Trilla, and Realtor.com. Here in Canada, they're just a small percentage of the market, um, so most people generate their their leads by paying for it on you know get Google pay per click advertising, etc. But I'm looking here because you um, you have multiple agents doing over 100, 200 transactions per year. Yeah. Um, which is unheard of. Yeah, and they never had a license when I met them. So it's really unheard of, to be honest with you, Greg. Um, I mean, uh, the average here is probably four deals a year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if, I'm, if I do 50 deals in a year, I'm, I'm definitely top 1%, probably top one half of 1%. Yeah. And you have more than one agent in your organization doing o- over 100 deals a year. What's the common denominator with those people? They, um, they, yeah, this, that's a great question. <laughs> and it's very, very simple. They generate three hours a day, period. Daily method of operation encompasses three hours daily of prospecting, lead gen, lead gen, lead gen, or relationship gen. <laughs> Whatever you want to call it, they're generating three hours a day. That's their morning ritual, and they rarely will not, they rarely will they break that ritual. Rarely. So it's contrary to what everyone's thinking, right? It's like you got these producers out there that are doing 10 deals and they keep saying, I don't have time to actually generate three hours a day. But then you got uh, agents out there doing 150, 200 deals that they don't have time to do anything but generate for three hours a day. There's the disconnect. But, But again, it comes back to did somebody, whoever recruited this person, whoever was the leadership that hired this agent and accepted this new agent in their company, did they sit there and tell them, look them eye to eye, 
belly to belly, face to face and say, this is what you need to do to be successful? Or did they say, join me, join me, join me. I'll tell you whatever you want to hear to just join me. Got it. And it, you know, I call that a body shop, by the way, that they, that it's a body shop. They're just, their goals, there's they're, a lot of leaders, a lot of companies, their goals are, you know, is based on body count. How many bodies, how many heads, how many agents can they have in a company? My goal is not that. My goal is per person production. I want people in the company making money, building careers and actually having, uh, you know, and, and having a financial impact on their, on, on their livelihoods. That to me is what's important. A hundred percent. I mean, a lot of these places are just landlords, right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So when you look at, you have a producer comes in, prospects three hours a day. How do they handle coming in, say, whatever the time is in the morning for three hours straight prospecting? How do they handle home inspections, client meetings, et cetera? How do they not like, because maybe that home inspector is only able to come in that during our prospecting time. How do you handle the nuances of that? Well, first of all, they start at eight. So there's no home inspectors. There's no lenders. Nobody's up. No one's even awake at eight. So the reason why top producers start at eight is because eight to 10, usually there's very little things going on. Usually the phone starts lighting up around 10 with all the fires that you need to put out, right? So if you start at eight, your first two hours, most people are thinking, well, how do you do all this? And I have to take care of it. You don't have to take care of anything between eight and 10 because no one's up doing any business between eight and 10. So those two hours right there are pretty much distraction free. It's really the 10 to 11 that you got to be really challenged and focused, you know, and, 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 and let's face it, if you're doing a hundred transactions, you're probably got somebody else managing that stuff. Got it. When you look at, is there a, is there a number of contacts or a number of appointments that are dedicated in those three hours or is it just, amount of dials or amount of emails, a number of texts, like what does that look like? Yeah. You don't want to get a little granular because yeah. you're providing real freaking value right now. And, yeah. and I mean, there's the mindset, which is a whole other piece, but this granular stuff is important. Yeah. So I, we never track attempts. Okay. That's to me, that doesn't mean anything. How many times we dialed. Okay. Um, so what we do track is we do track contacts. contacts. How many times did we talk to a decision making adult? That is a contact. Okay. Yep. So it's how many contacts you're making in those three hours. That's what your goals are going to be based on. But what the, you, you asked, well, how many? Okay. Well, that depends on your goal. So somebody that's their goals, 50 transactions versus 70 transactions versus a hundred transactions versus 10 transactions. Then when we go from the transaction and we say, okay, if you want to hypothetically, you want to do a hundred transactions. Well, how many do you want to be buyers and how many you want to be sellers? Okay. I want to be 50, 50. Okay, so then it's two business plans. There's a business plan to do 50 sellers and there's a business plan to do 50 buyers. So then out of the 50 buyers or sellers, you say, well, okay, well, um, if 50 of them are gonna be listing controlled sales, well then what is your, um, your list and taken to list and sold ratio? Well, let's just say it's, uh, let's say it's 50% because it's easy for me to calculate. Right. Okay. So then now that means you gotta have 75, or no, you gotta take 100 listings that have 50 closed. Yeah. Well, then, well, what is your fall-through ratio? What's uh, 10, 10%? Well, then you got to really take like 110 listings to, um, to, to end up having 50 sale and close. Okay. Well, then how many, contact, how many appointments is it going to take you to get a listing? And then how many contacts does it take you to get an appointment? That's the one I'm looking for right there. Yeah. And so there's where we go. So depending on what your top level number is, it's simple math. 
that'll actually take you to your daily contact number. What's the averages for 100 listings then? Averages, so I can work the numbers in my head. So if somebody needs to take 100 listings, or if, if, to, to take 100 listings, yeah. if you just use it, well, let's, let's, when you say average, you know, um, there's a, average would probably be four listing appointments to get, to get one. But I really think the number should be worked on should be 50%. If you want to take 100 listings, you need to go on um, 200 appointments. Okay. That's the key. And then, and then let that be your baseline. If you fall below that number, then you got a lot to work on. Well, what do I need to work on? Focus on two things first. Number one, what's your definition of a lead? Because you might be going on a lot of unqualified appointments. And if your definition of a lead is good and you still have poor numbers, then focus on your list and presentation. Got it. So those are the two things that are going to impact that number the most. And when, when you look at your the – your producers today. Let's leave you out of this because I think you're you're very high. My numbers won't make any sense in yeah. the equation because yeah. I'm. It's my database. It's come list me calls. Right. So if you had an agent that you're working with, say over, you know, five year period in time. These are just thought processes. And how many contacts would they typically? I know this is tough. I'm trying yeah. to get a baseline that someone can base themselves off of to get. Two hundred actual listings. Are you talking, you know, ten thousand calls, twenty thousand calls? So it, let's just say that I, mean, I, I can give you this number. This might really be helpful. Okay. So one of my good friends decided to get in business four years ago. Yep. His name's Abe. Abe gets in. He makes twelve thousand um, contacts his first year does 40 deals in the first 12 months of being licensed, made 12,000 contacts. Okay. Now I knew this guy for many years. He's a friend of mine. So he knew when he came into business that he was going to have to listen to that one part of the coaching, right? So he came in, but he did it right at 12,000 contacts. Yeah. That's about 60 a day for 200 days. 60 a day, 200, for about 200 days. It's about 12,000 contacts. Okay. Does 40 has 40 closings and yeah. out of those 40 closings, I'd say 38 of them were listings. Wow. Okay. Second year did 8,000 contacts and did 71 closings. 8,000 contacts. So yeah. And did how many closings? 71 closings. Third year did 6,000 contacts and close and he that's when he toppled over 100 i think it was 110 113 105 somewhere in that number it was above 100 but not like 150 or anything so here's the key is somebody who's so if you can see the the whole reason his trajectory went like that his trajectory of sales went up and his number of contacts went down why his skills got better so if after making 12,000, after shooting the free throw 12,000 times, you're probably going to have a better uh, shooting percentage than you did before you shot 12,000 times. And then in three years, 12,000 plus 8,000 plus 6,000 is 26,000 contacts he made in his first 36 months. So, I mean, his skills are so well, they're, they're so refined at this point. So now it doesn't take as many calls in order to get the results now so in but in the beginning he was calling expires i mean i'm sorry cold calling just sold just listed majority of it 
Then he started calling FISBOS and then he started calling expires. As his skills got better, then he started going after a more a higher quality contact. And then when he did that, then the results started continuing to go up, but it just took less time to do it. So everyone's going to be different. Um, and if somebody was day one and somebody says, well, how many do I need? And I'd say, okay, the number of contacts you do daily will equal the number of transactions you close annually. That's just a rule of thumb on day one because you don't have any data, right? You don't have any, any data to look and observe from a new agent. So if you say, okay, the number, if the number of transactions you want to close annually, you need to do that on a, um, that's the number of contacts you have to do daily. That's a great, great, great little foundational piece for someone. Yes. And then you re and then you then you evaluate it every 90 days to make adjustments to the equation. But your your rule of thumb will be that. And then after 90 days, you see, okay, how are you doing? And then in 60 days, you say, how are you doing? Uh, or, uh, or six months. By the time you get towards the third quarter of doing that, you'll know exactly what your numbers are. You don't have to guesswork. There'll be no more guesswork. You'll, you'll, the number, the data will actually, the ratios will have a good enough sampling uh, size to determine what your real ratios are. So why won't someone do this amount of activity? Um, the same reason why they were overweight as a society, because they don't have to. They don't have to. It's a great answer. Yeah, they don't have they don't to. Have to. They're comfortable where they're at emotionally, physically, spiritually, financially. I don't know whether I well I I would I would I wouldn't say it like that. I would say they're uncomfortable with the what what they with what they could possibly turn into if they actually did it. I think that more there's more people that are fearing the success than they're actually fearing, fearing the failure. And so if they do this, God forbid, they might actually be successful. Well, what's the problem with being successful? Is then you get eyes looking at you from a totally different perspective, and then the pressure on you repeating that success is is there and and a lot of people don't want that pressure they don't want people to look at them and say gosh you think they can do it you think they can do it again they would rather go ahead and play small and be accepted where they are than take the rest of playing big and then experiencing some sort of failure so they're they're fearing success in my opinion when you look at the majority of agents that you work with why do the ones fail that are with you same reason? Yeah, I, I would say it's, it's relative. I think this is what I've learned over the you know, years of, of, of leadership is that a lot of times the, it, the, the, it's not the system that fails them. It's, it's them that fails the system. And, um, and I think a lot of them, a lot of them fear success. And, and, you know, unfortunately, they were told, you know, as a younger child, you can't do that. Don't do that. Don't take risk. You know, don't do that. You might fall. You know, don't do this. You might fail. And, and that, that, that self-talk still exists in the head. And then all of a sudden, now they're in the real world trying to do big things. And there's doubt. It's a lot safer to play it small. They just, just want to take the risk. I'm in the middle of a book called Relentless by Glover, I think is the last name. Dude, I love that book. I'm in the car, like, doing this. I'm losing my mind. And I'm like, I'm playing so small personally. Yeah. Yeah, right. I like it. Yeah. So small. And I, and I realized that, you know, wow, like what is wrong with my head? There's so mm -hmm. much I can accomplish. So let's talk about your business today. How many agents do you have in your organization today? 
Um, about 190. 190. Yeah. And average resale in your area? Well, if a blended average, remember I'm in three markets. So the blended average is probably 270, uh, 250, 275. 275. 275. And yeah. for our Canadian listeners, average commission typically? Oh, the... Oh, I'm not, I, well, I went not a converter for uh, no, no, but our average, like for our Canadian, bizarre. Yeah, that's right. You guys got a little funky stuff. You know, it's different how it's calculated there. Yeah, so percent so each side. Yeah, so it's about seven thousand, let's say, per transaction. Yes. Okay. Um, per side. Per side. Per side. Got it. And I just put that in there for our Canadian listeners because. We have, um, you know, British Columbia is different than Ontario and et cetera. So I just want to put that in there. Um, if you were to advise someone today to, to do something to get their mindset in the best place possible, um, what would you tell them to do? I, I would say they have to, you know, they need to drop themselves in an environment where they can constantly be exposed to those types of mindsets, you know, and, um, and that's not easy, right? It's not easy because a lot of times that means you have to reevaluate the people that you hang out with. Um, and, and that in itself is a whole nother conversation. But I would say like you, you just said you're driving down the car, listening to relentless and like, you're just like, wow, you know, like, that's exactly what I'm saying. Like, you, 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 you are such a, an example for putting yourself in an environment that has big thinking, positive thinking. Um, it, it Obviously, it's moving you, and we need to do that daily because, see, it takes effort to actually put positive stuff in the mind, but it doesn't take any effort to have negative stuff come in our mind. So, like, if, you, we, we don't, if we do nothing, then there will be more negative deposits than positive deposits in our mindset throughout the day. So we've got to be very deliberate and intentional about making sure that we're feeding that mind positive things. I choose to make sure that I'm careful at who I hang out with in addition to the books that I read, the TV that I watch, et cetera. So I, I, I'm very cautious about this. I want to make sure, I, and, and by the way, I don't have to be only hang around with rich people. I don't have to only hang around with people that are blowing my numbers out of the water. I can be hanging around a wide variety of people. It's just a matter of like, what is their, is their glass half full or is their glass half empty? Those are the things that I'm looking for because somebody that's doing less than what I'm doing can have a major contribution to my life if they've got the right mindset. That's right. Do you spend a certain amount of time daily on keeping the head headspace in a good place? Um, I, I, I would say I have habits that, um, that help me stay there or, 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 or get, to, get to that point multiple times through, through the day. Mm -hmm. So I'm not, like for instance, I'm not necessarily meditating, yeah. but I'm making sure that I'm, I'm not listening to the radio and I'm always listening to a podcast and things like that. You know, I'm very deliberate in, in, from that standpoint. Um, do you still um, have somebody in your corner, like uh, like a partner with Tony Robbins' organization, or someone to that effect? Even Mike Barry, Tom. Yeah, I uh, still follow um, Mike. You know, uh, you know, still today. Um, and then one of my old coaches, you know, for years, I, I do a mastermind with him, me and him, every um, um, every Monday. You know, so yes, I have my own little mastermind group, which is only me and two people, and um, and they're 
both in the real estate industry, very powerful, you know, uh, producers and, and, and company builders. And we mastermind every, uh, every Monday. 3,800 3, transactions company-wide for, you know, 100 and some odd agents plus what you're doing. That's a lot of transactions. As I said earlier, I focus on per person production. I'm not a body count. I'm not a body shop. That's it's so, so everybody. So, you know, one of the reasons why I don't coach for Mike or for other companies um, or even have my own coaching company, I, I, I guess in a way I do have my own coaching company. My brokerage is my co coaching company. So anybody in any one of my offices, I'm the head coach. And, and, and that's the business model. The whole business model is when you're in my company, I, it's a coaching company. You basically hired a coaching company when you work for my operations. And, and so, you know, all these things that we're sharing, that I'm sharing here, this is just part of our daily conversations and, uh, within, our, within our offices. And you can see it in the numbers that our per person production is pretty high. Fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. Can we get into COVID right now a little bit? Sure, man. Absolutely. I think it's very relevant. It is relevant. By the way, I love what you said so far. I, I just want to get off, the, get off this and just start dialing for dollars, right? Awesome. awesome. I do. You've actually, you, you, you're reigniting the, this flame that it requires tremendous effort to be a certain type of individual on a daily basis to be consistent and methodical about the actions that we take on a daily basis. And that is the magic. That it's is not process that you become great. Yeah, that's, that's a good way to put it. I like that. COVID. Let's mm -hmm. talk about you guys. Um, you were deemed non-essential during... Um, we, we, we were deemed essential. Yeah, okay, essential. And, and all of my... In the state of South Carolina, it was an essential uh, a service. You know, I have a friend in um, South Carolina. Actually, I have a friend who just moved down there mm -hmm. um, for business. But um, she was saying to me, um, she's been there for quite a long time. She said, Rich, we got to work. We don't work. We don't have any health benefits. It's yeah. survival of the fittest, baby. Yeah. That was their comment to me. Yeah. Yeah. Which it's is an interesting reality that, that um, certain parts of the world don't have to face. Yeah. Um, how are you going to deal with it if it happens again? If what happens again? We go to shutdown? Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, listen, when I, I have this thought that when there's a market correction, there's a market crash, there's a market dip, there's a market disruption, or there's market distraction. I call COVID kind of market distraction. But in all of those scenarios, the only thing that really changes in our daily, in our day, is the conversations we have. So I'll do everything and coach everything that I've been coaching to do. What I'll have to do is I'll have to coach the agents on what's the best way to approach it at this point. So people are saying, you know, while, while all these markets were shut down and, and agents were like, oh my gosh, I can't call anybody. It'd be so insensitive. And I'm thinking it's so insensitive to not call somebody. Now what's insensitive is not the call. What's insensitive is insensitive dialogue. Like calling somebody, say, hey, I know you know about COVID. You want to sell? That's insensitive. The actually hello wasn't insensitive until you finish the script. So what we'll have to do is we'll just have to change the conversation. You know, if the market was to, to crash, then we have to change the conversation. No longer can an agent say, yes, we can get you 400000 Now the conversation is like, hey, look, I know you would like four, but it's going to be 370 at this point, and here's why you may want to consider it. 
like that dialogue has to change, right? And that's all that really changed. So we'll go about our daily activities as normal. We understand the conversations will shift and the ratios may shift temporarily. But because we're the ones continuing to go um, and, and follow our daily routines, that when the market opens back up, then just like we may have to make a lot of calls and get a little bit less, when the market ba uh, opens back up, we'll be doing the same amount of calls and getting more. And then over a 12-month period of time, we'll realize that it just averages out. Got it. I get it. Do you guys, do you, like, well, here's the issue. Like, most people don't want to do it, right? So, right. I mean, we had some people on our team, and I'm like, so how many calls to make today, right? I don't know, four. Like, really? Do you want to eat? <laughs> yeah. right. And they're no longer here. I would say, does your family know about that? Does your wife know about that? Or your husband? What would your kids say? Yeah. You tell them what you did today. Yeah. It's a different conversation. Absolutely. I love that conversation, by the way. So we better not go down that rabbit hole because I'll go with you. <laughs> I'm with you on that because even for myself, you know, I got to look in the mirror and say, who was I being today in my daily activity? Was I the person that I'm proud of being today? Whoever yeah. I, I still have a picture of, of two of my kids. I have four kids, but two of my kids. And this picture must be, um, ah, it, it has to be, now that I remember, probably 13 years ago. And it happens to be my daughter and my son. And, and I have my picture on my workstation. is still today. And what I always did, I always looked at that picture every day. And it says, am I being the person that I would want them to be? Am I being the example that I want to set for my children? powerful question if someone thinks about it yes online leads great mm -hmm. online leads yeah i love them love them right sure the way to reach out and communicate and talk to people are you doing it yeah absolutely i mean i was an early adopter um years ago of, of building uh websites and and uh and good clean white hat seo so i mean for years i've been getting three to four hundred leads a week just organically off of my my websites again I, let's let's be clear here that's that's a lot of hard work and it costs a lot of money to build websites that are that powerful but i we've been generating online leads from day one at least, you know, not day one, but as soon as it became a thing. Would you do, would you do the SEO link building today? Or would you say, you know what, you're not going to be able to compete against the name brands today? I'm still doing it. Still I'm doing still it. doing it today. So I'm still like, I'm building another website right now that we are going to be doing some PPC on. Um, and, um, but I'm still building it properly. And, um, and anticipate we will get some good um, organic uh, traffic from it. But, of course, the game is different, and we'll have to go after long, 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 long tail terms, not just long tail terms. Got it. I understand what you're saying. I think some of our listeners will understand that. Yeah. Um, do, would you participate in the uh, lead generation companies? Is that something that you're yeah. – you, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. See, look, look. Are you like say a Zillow, which is a little bit controversial? You know, well, it depends on who's listening. Um, you know, I guess anything can be controversial. I'm a businessman, and at the end of the day, I make investments, and 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 I monitor my investments, and I look to make a return. So, I mean, like the the leads, online leads versus this versus that. That's like stocks. I mean, it's. Like, you know, I mean, like there's a million stocks out there. And what I'm doing is I'm trying to make sure that my financial advisor or I'm hoping that my financial advisor is, is, is putting the stocks in front of me 
that we really feel will help me reach my long-term goals. And then when there's a stock, I might not know everything about that company, but maybe we know enough about that company from a stock standpoint that I'm willing to make an investment with an anticipation of a certain return. And then when I don't get a return over a long period of time, or it looks like maybe something's turning and we think maybe there's a, a better way for me to, to reposition my, my investment from this stock to another stock, then we, when, then we do that if it's still following our long-term goals. So to me, this, the, the lead companies, the PPC, the this online, the that, it's all investments that we make with the anticipation of making a return. That's all I'm looking at. The rest of it's drama. Right. Because really, you're just using these mechanisms to develop relationships with people. That's it. So whatever mechanism I get to use every single day to create a relationship somewhere or to enter the door to develop a future relationship, that's all they're there for. Yeah. Now, I think one thing that, you know, that now that I use the, the stock analogy, I think what's also important is I would diversify. So like, so for those people that are like either all Zillow or uh, in, all in on Zillow or all out on Zillow or all in on PPC or all out on PPC, the challenge is some people are one dimensional. They choose one and then they put go all in. And then when there's adjustments that make, whether it be economic adjustments or company adjustments, the third party, you know, makes their own adjustments, then you could be in a vulnerable position. So I would never want any one source to have um, to be to equal more than 20% of my overall lead flow. Over 20, okay, perfect. Would yeah. you still recommend some of the old fashioned stuff, door knocking, mail drops, etc.? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. No. What about COVID? Like, can we go door knock today down there? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So on back on the COVID conversation, yeah, I think that's where we have to be a little bit careful. Yeah, I don't necessarily. Um, I, I I should say this. I'm not recommending door knocking to my agents at this moment. Okay. Okay. Um, I'm not. I'm not, I'm not knocking anybody that does. I'm personally just not at this moment. Yeah, makes sense to me. By the way, it's super sent like. The attitude towards it is super sensitive. Even though in my my community, if I'm out there today, you know we're mandatory masks now. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Wherever we go, mm -hmm. it's it's basically law. Yeah. So it might feel a little insensitive knocking on someone's door. Yeah, I I think so. Yeah, I I think so. Again, it's a personal thing, right? And personally, I believe. I, that I personally, I believe that, you know, uh, that I shouldn't be um, suggesting that at this moment. Okay. That's great to hear. What's one, uh, sorry, what's three pieces of advice you would say to your son today or daughter today, if they were going to enter the real estate business, what advice do you give them today to make it through the next 12 months and thrive in the future? Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm going to write these down because it's coming at me fast and I don't want to forget them. Yeah. I'm just cognizant of your time, right? You're a busy guy. So it, number one, and I told my son this the other day. I said, look, at the end of the day, the person who has the best work ethic is going to win no matter what they choose right. to do. You got to outwork your competition. And whatever we do, I say Harrelsons are worker bees. And what matters is our work ethic. We'll figure everything else out. There's tons of smart people out there that have poor work ethics and they're broke. And then there's tons of people out there that have great work ethic and they, they, they have all this wealth. Um, and, and, and through the process, they had to figure things out. So work ethic, that's number one. Number two, you've got to, to, you've got to understand scripts. You've got to master scripts. 
okay? Now, the key is, is most people are going to hear that, well, I don't like scripts. Look, everybody, everything you do is on a script. Like when you wake up in the morning and your hand goes over and slaps the snooze button, that's a script. It's something that, like, notice you do that every day. You actually say the same scripts all the time. When you go into a restaurant, you use a script when you're ordering the same thing. You use a script when you say, no, I'm just looking, when you're in the department store. Everything we do is scripts. So why don't we just be a little bit more intentional at the scripts that we're actually using? You've got to learn scripts. Now, when you learn the scripts, you actually don't have to use the scripts. It's when, you, it's when you don't use the scripts that you're just kind of floundering all the time. So master the scripts. And I will tell you, there's tons of scripts all over the place that will work as long as you will work them. So I would say work ethic, you know, scripts and morning ritual. Morning ritual is you've got to show up and do your morning routine. Like an athlete, if tip-off time is 4 p.m., what time do they show up at the gym? They show up at the gym at 12 p.m. likely, and they do this and this and this. So if your day's supposed to start at 8, you should be waking up at 5. You should be going to the gym like a professional athlete. You should then be feeding your mind. You should be with positive things. You'd be feeding your body. You should be having those last-minute conversations with your children like I do every morning, and you should get your butt in the office by 7.45 because tip-off time is at 8 o'clock. So it's morning ritual. It's work ethic, and it's learn scripts and dialogues. Back to basics, baby. It's the foundation. It is the foundation. And yeah. you know, when I look at the major teams that are producing at a very high level, man, they, their inside sales teams are there six hours a day pounding, making it happen. One way or the other, they're trying to communicate, reaching out. Absolutely. No doubt about it. I think that was the best piece of advice I've had over the last three months. Awesome. I'm good. I'm taking, I'm taking out one of the cleaners. Thank you so much, Greg. I appreciate you. And I really want to have you back on the show um, towards the end of the year. And um, we're going to give you some updates. But what I did, thanks to you. Yeah. I, 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 hey, listen, I'm in. I'm in. You just let me know. If someone wants to invest or communicate with you uh, about real estate in uh, your area, mm -hmm. uh, what's the best way to reach out to you? You know, I tell everybody, just go to Facebook and hit me up on Facebook Messenger. It's yep. the easiest way. Just hit the message button. I'm easy to find. Yep. Hit the message button. Shoot me a quick little message. I'll respond and, 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 and help out in any way I can. You're awesome. I really appreciate you. And I understand why people are flocking to work for you. Um, not everyone, but the sure. people are going to come. Sure. So. I attract the right people and I repel the right people. That's awesome. <laughs> Thanks again, Gary. Really appreciate it. You're very welcome, man. Thanks for tuning in to today's show. If you like what you've heard and you're interested in seeing if you are fit to work with Peak Results Academy, here's what I want you to do next. Head over to peakresultsacademy.com slash call. That's peakresultsacademy.com slash call and book an appointment to speak with our team. We'll get on the phone with you for about 45 minutes and get you crystal clear on three things. Number one, what do you really want out of life and your business? Number two, what is not working for you today? And number three, the exact strategy you should be using to create massive change in these areas. Remember, changing your life and creating massive results does not happen by itself. 
you need expert guidance to make it happen. We're helping clients all over the world create peak results in their health, in their businesses, and in their personal lives. To see if we can help you do the same, head over to peakresultsacademy.com slash call. We'll chat soon.